Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you three awesome indie game news stories, but first, I'd like to introduce you to myself, Vaughn Hyde, and... My illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? <laughs> you almost slipped on that one. Did you forget who I was for a second? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I heard that pause. You were having brain farts before for a second. <laughs> right when I got to something that I call you as just a goof, I just totally, yeah. I wiped it. I mean, <clears throat> I imagine you would have enjoyed it if I actually had some sort of memory wipe, like those weird mm. ass like sticks from Men in Black, and then I well, never you call forget. you again. Yeah. yeah, I never get called the Big Josh Boy. Yeah. It's, uh, it would be a dream of mine, but Aww. I guess we don't get to live in that world. Nope, nope, nobody gets to live in their dream world. Yeah, everything sucks. I don't get to be isekai someday. Like, everything sucks on Earth. How about Why? Why must we always start like this? <laughs> you got to start and end on shitty notes. You have to have symmetry. We spoke about this. I guess that's true. All right, well, at least we're sticking to our brand. Yes, it is necessary. So what have you been up to this week? You doing a whole lot of amazing stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole lot of amazing stuff. Uh, but before I get into that, I'd like to make a PSA announcement. Ooh, PSA? Yeah, so uh, I have to let our uh, our lovely fans know that I am a big old dummy. So, really? <laughs> yes. So if I may elaborate, uh, last week I talked about how the Steam uh, SteamWorld, not heist, uh quest quest yeah whoa i am a big old dummy i don't even know what i'm saying now steamworld <laughs> quest uh the card game that came out from the steamworld series i tried out their legend remix version which is their new game plus which is super super hard and i was freaking out because i was like man this is like impossible there's no way people could play this i don't know how they're doing it and then i realized that for some reason a new game plus consists of you starting over with all of your content that you had racked up beforehand. So in most games you would have things like your items, your, you know, your armor, your equipment. Well, in this game, obviously, it's a card game, wouldn't you carry over your cards? Yeah. I'd assume so, yeah. You would assume so. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't make that assumption, and I thought because since the story beat of the game allows you to get cards during that time like you progress and get more cards i was like oh i'm starting out with none of my cards that i had on my characters originally when i started new game plus so i guess that means i don't have them i also neglected to check that my items were not on and did not carry over from my 
quest beforehand in my original game, so I just assumed I was wearing them as well. I never went to check where my equipment or cards were and just assumed that it was impossible. So you're basically trying out the depraved run of (laughs) uh, SteamWorld Quest? So I was doing like extra, extra, extra hard Legend Remix mode. And so I decided, oh, this is definitely not a smart thing. The only reason to, I would have, I would have never, I would have put it down and I would have been like, man, that's a really hard game. I, I guess I just won't do it because I'm terrible at it. I started listening to uh, IGN's podcast, Nintendo Voice Chat, and they mentioned something about it and saying, oh, it's a new game plus your cards carry over. And I was like, wait, what? Your cards carry over. And so then I went into the the settings and checked all my equipment, found out that it wasn't on, found out that I wasn't playing any of the cards I had. And I was like, wow, I'm uh, pretty foolish right now. Yeah, you're like in your car on the freeway, just like, what? Cards carry (laughs) over? And then you just don't even pull to the side. You just pulled up your Switch with one hand. I just pulled up my Switch and then just dove right into a ditch. That's a true gamer life right there. You choose games above everything else. I respect that. I respect Thanks. you, Big Josh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's all I can can do for our, our loving fans, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but then so I, I started playing it with that, and uh, now it's much easier. Uh, it's still obviously tough, but uh, I'm going through it uh, without it being just ungodly impossible. I mean, it is also very. I mean, you should really take this to heart and feel good about this. You did possibly just find something for the Dark Souls people. You might have just like brought a whole new way to br- play Steamworld's Quest into uh, into Steamworld Quest. I don't, I don't just into the world in general. Into the world into the yeah the atmosphere yeah. of the uh, the masochists who yeah you love found to the true the get good modes yeah. Yeah, maybe I did. Uh, I will never beat it and will never try it again uh, because it's insanity. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my little message to everyone. I'm a big dummy and now I am learning. I love that you felt so bad about that, that you had to like message me on discord. You're like, I have to, I have to say that I did this wrong (laughs) because it's so, uh, because it was so stupid. I was like, Oh man. Cause I literally, you asked me the question, would people like this? And I said, Oh God, no, there's only a certain (laughs) select few who would want to play on this difficult of a mode. And granted the way that I was playing is definitely true, but it's not legend remix mode. Well, there you go then. All right. I would like to say, since we're bringing up MVC, um, his name is Zachary Ryan, right? The guy who just came back. He's back. Yeah. I'm super stoked. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I I'm definitely a big fan. When he left, I was pretty heartbroken, and now that he's coming back, it's uh, it's pretty nice. Literally, he, like the first episode I listened to of NVC, he was on, and I was like, "This guy's hilarious," and that was his last episode. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, his voice, his voice confused. Uh, so the weird thing about podcasts, I'm gonna go on a little rant. The weird thing about podcasts is you listen to people, and man, I don't know, like. Usually, because most of my interactions are with people who I'm seeing in front of me generally, because, you know, like I go to work and I see those people and I get to talk to them or I see them on their webcams or, you know, I meet people in real life or in school settings. I saw all those people. And so I always thought like people and their voices definitely match up. You know what I mean? Like you can look at someone and you're like, yeah, for the most part, they generally have that voice. Yeah, not even a little bit. Not even a 
little bit. And I learned that after I started listening to podcasts a lot more. And I kept thinking in my head, like, oh, this person definitely looks like this. And it's always so way off. I don't know why. When I first heard Zach Ryan, I thought he was so much younger. Yeah. And he, I mean, he looks like a distinguished, like, older gentleman. He's yeah. a, I'm not afraid to say he's a sexy boy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's got some good qualities. Um but that's <laughs> that's where Mainly we'll end his it. appearance. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, what else have we been doing this week other than, you know, just masturbatory behavior? What's Ooh. up? Oh man. Oh, what a jump. Uh so anyway, uh the other thing that I'll talk about is I actually um I generally don't like buying new consoles. And it's not really much of an upgrade if you think about it on like the scale of like a jump from PS3 to PS4 or something like that. But GameStop was doing this pretty good deal of having an extra $25 credit when you trade in your Nintendo Switch. And then you can immediately buy the new Nintendo Switch, which has like double the battery life and a better screen. And apparently there's something different about the way the Joy-Cons are are made. There's some like different piece to it. I don't know all the details on it, but hopefully that means it won't have the Joy-Con drift issue. Um, Which I I do hope. Um, But anyway, so I went there and I was like, uh, can I do you guys have the new one? And he's like, yeah, you want to trade in your switch? And I was like, yep. And he's like, okay, cool. And so we just went through the whole process. Like I, I was basically like, Oh, how do I get all my games on there? It's all digital, like talking to him and going back and forth. And he didn't really know. He seemed like he definitely wasn't like a, like he, he owns a switch. Cause he started talking to me about games, but like, he definitely didn't try to transfer anything over before. So he was just like, I don't know. And, but we just like worked uh, through it and kind of figured it out on our own by like going through the settings. It was actually pretty nice. It was definitely, and I know GameStop gets a lot of, you know, a lot of shit for being a terrible place sometimes, but like this was actually a pretty good experience. The dude was chill. He basically just talked me through it. He was super nice, knew exactly why I was there and helped me through the process. Um, and then I got a brand new Switch, which is great, man. Oh, I don't know what it is. Obviously, there's n- not really much of a difference from the actual console itself, but it just feels different. I don't know why. All the pieces feel more sturdy and feel nicer, and I'm pretty sure it's just because it's a new thing and I'm biased because I'm like, this is definitely worth the $75 I spent like to just upgrade it from something I already had. But like, it just feels nicer. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just is. Have you sniffed it? Does it have that new Switch smell? Yeah. Oh, it was actually kind of funny. The guy was like, <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, the, oh, because he gave me the same color, the gray. Uh, and he's I like, I think this yeah. one only comes in the gray. Um, this updated yeah, I, one? I don't know, because I asked about the colored one and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then my wife was there and she, or I originally said gray. I know I'm kind of bouncing, but originally said gray because that's the one I had. And then my wife was like, oh, get the colored one. And I was like, no, that's going to look dumb in the living room. And she's it like, looks oh, so yeah. ugly, dude. Yeah. I hate I was it like, so much. I was like, it's going to look so stupid in our house. And she's like, oh, you're right. She's like, okay, go for the gray one. But the guy originally was like going back and forth. And he's like, oh, 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 oh okay, I'll get the gray one. <laughs> and so he made it seem like that was there. But then again, maybe he just didn't know. And so whatever. Yeah, maybe he just thought you were talking about a new Switch. I, I think I had just spoken, or not spoken, I had heard something on either GameScoop or NVC where they talked about the new Switch model and said that it only came in gray, but I'm not yeah. 100% sure. Yeah, I heard something like that too, um, but I really don't know. The only thing I knew going into it was like, look for a big red box. 
because that's yeah. the new switch. Like that's the <laughs> only indicator. Bojangles Other than box I think is red, and I guess the serial numbers. Are yeah, red. but I'm not really gonna look at that. But I, so like I asked for the switch, and I was like, man, I hope this guy doesn't like screw me over and try to. So I was like hardcore staring when he brought the box, and I saw it was just like a giant red box, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, it's a new one. <laughs> but um, <All> right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was a good experience, and I got my new switch. I'm super happy because I have to go on a plane ride to California, which is for me across the United States. So that's a pretty long flight, and now my switch won't die. It's pretty nice. Yeah, everybody seems to be really stoked about that. I'm like, can you not just plug it in? Like, I mean, it depends. Some flights don't have. Uh, yeah, that's that's what outlets. I've heard. I've never like flown before, except for when I was like a baby. So I guess. Oh. Yeah, I'm you kind know of how much you were plugging things here. in as a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. I was plugging so much shit in, dude. I'm like, like fucking Game Boy, plugging that shit in. Oh, damn. As a baby? Wow. You were no, fucking... not even a little bit. I was like five. <laughs> <laughs> I just consider that to be a baby. I guess. Well, I mean, as you get older, it's kind of babyish. It's like you get older and then the younger years just kind of get more lost in the... Lost, lost in, in the, the sauce. Shuffle. I don't know what I was going to say. Lost in the sauce. <laughs> lost in the milk. <laughs> You've know you played any games this week other than <laughs> Steam World Quest? Yeah, actually, I've been. Oh man, I'm gonna take some uh, some time, but I'll, I'll try to be quick. Uh, so I've been playing two games that I want to talk about. The first one is uh, Mutant Year Zero, uh, which is actually pretty good. It was one of the, and this is I'm on the like, even though I, I say I don't like Epic Game Store, I'm on the Epic Game Store hype train just because they keep giving away free games. And yeah, one did you of them, play Hyperlight Drifter? No, I didn't. Fuck that You're game. You're such a bitch. I, they I, gave you both for free. I've gotten what it. What is wrong? I've with gotten you? it for free twice. I have it from Twitch. Their Twitch Prime service gave it, and I have it for free on the Epic Game Store. So I have it in two different locations, and I refuse to play it because I know it pisses you off. I'm telling you right now, over all the <laughs> fucked up shit that I do to you, this one thing you're going to do to me is definitely going to cause us to break up. <laughs> uh, I fucking love it. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Eventually. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I played Mutant Year Zero because I really wanted to actually play this game, but it was a pretty high price point. I think it was like $40. And I was like, man, I'm not like that into those style games of like the tactics XCOM-esque game. Um, But it's actually pretty fun. I've played probably like five to six hours of it. I've played through the different characters. They're really interesting because you have like a big mix of stealth where you have to sneak past certain enemies because you just you will not be able to defeat them at the start. Like it's really weird. It starts you off at such a low level and at the same time having like level 20 characters walking around you because it pushes you to be like oh man i really cannot fight any of these people i need to sneak by i need to silently take out the ones that are like level like my level at the time and then go through and make my way to the actual area where i have to fight something so it's like a good balance of sneakiness to strategic uh fights that you have to position your characters in different areas and be really smart about it um but the mutation side of it gives it like a little added bonus where your characters will have all your characters are either these uh humans who have like mutant powers to them or these mutant animal looking creatures that are like half human half animal and so the cool thing about them is as you're leveling up you can put points into either basic things like just getting extra health or extra movement speed when you it's your turn or you can use these 
passive mutations, major mutations, and minor mutations, which are these skills that you can put points into to do things like having a rush attack where you knock enemies down, having a tangle root uh, ability where you basically station people and make it so they can't move anywhere there's one where you can disable robots like immediately it's it's very interesting the way those characters will play out because each character can use the same type of gun but you're really varying it based on the uh, special ability that they have because each one has a different subset of those mutations it's pretty fun i'm not too sold on it as far as like i'm gonna delve a whole lot of time the one thing that i've noticed about these epic game stores games is like or in general free games if it's not something amazing because it's free i don't have much attachment to it so i'm like eh, i didn't pay any money for it it doesn't matter if i you know just play six hours of it and then i'm like ah, on to the next one because it was a good experience but i don't know if it really grabbed me enough to continue through the full thing you know what i mean yeah, have you, like, really got any sense of the story yet? I mean, you played, like, five or six hours, but I don't know how long this game is yeah, typically so es- supposed to Yeah, so essentially, you, uh, your whole community are these people in the Ark. Uh, it's these mutated individuals or humans uh, who live in a functional, well, functional, functional society that where they're living is a safe haven for individuals. Everything outside is known as the zone. And inside the zone are these basically these psychopaths who are trying to just kill you. They're they're like bandits. There's uh, evil like dog looking things, and then psychopaths, and then uh, machines that are reprogrammed to attack you. And so essentially, they're out there to kill the mutants, and I I think it's to eat them, which is kind of gross. But um, <clears throat> is that in a sense cannibalism? Because really, they're a different species. They're just all mutants, you know what I mean? Like, it's I not mean, like a human eating a human. It's like a human eating a pig human. Hmm? I guess I guess not. I mean, bacon I don't really still know what bacon, those... Even if it's made out of long pig, you know what I mean? I don't really know what those psychos are in there, so I don't know if they're just mutants as well. I'm not 100% sure. But also, on that same note, one of your character's mutations is actually to gain the ability to eat the corpses of your enemies to gain health. Yeah, and why is that always an RPG thing? Like I don't you know. could do that in Fallout too. You can just eat dead bodies and shit. Yeah, I mean, people are uh, apparently into it. I don't know. I mean, it checks out. They're post-apocalyptic scenarios. So you're yeah, like, what's you the most likely fucking, thing to come out of her? You got to start eat eating. If there's nothing around, you got to eat, man. Checks out. Checks anyway, out. Anyway, there's an achievement. I don't know about Steam as or not Steam. I don't know about Epic because I don't think they have achievements. But Steam has an achievement where apparently you can eat one of your fallen comrades and gain health. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. It's pretty terrible. But anyway, so essentially you're in that safe haven, but the safe haven is losing resources. And so those individuals like yourself, those characters you're playing, are these scavengers who go out to find resources and bring them back for the society to thrive. Well, one of the individuals in your society is this smart uh, scientist who has gone on a mission with a few other individuals, and now they don't know where he is. He hasn't been back in weeks. And so you're on the hunt trying to find him because he's on this search for this place called the Eden, which is like this holy grail sanctuary kind of a place that is 
considered to be a myth, but is actually in there later as you find it. But essentially, that's your whole mission right now from my side is to find that individual to help rescue him from those psychos and to find that Eden area. Ah, all right. That sounds pretty interesting. I've been wanting to check it out for a while. So, you know, hopefully it at one point in time becomes free on any of the uh, uh, locations that I actually play games. You know, it's on Xbox Games Pass right now. And uh, yeah, there's the Epic Game Store, but that's why I specified where I play games. You know what I I mean? mean? You could change where you play games at any given time, especially if they're free. I have been playing my Xbox One more recently. So, uh, well, hmm? I guess you could get that Game Pass then. I don't know. I yeah, I very much could. One of our stories later later today might get me to Ooh. what? Uh, wow, a little sneak peek there. Yeah, yeah, a little alluding to what's going to happen later. What other game have you been playing? So the last one, I just want to rant on um, the game that I've talked about before on this podcast is Streets of Rogue. So I started playing it again. Jesus Christ! I'm starting I just to think want- you have an obsession. Dude, I just want to say how good this freaking game is. I ended up, before it hit um, the actual release date, uh, which was a couple, maybe a month or two ago. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, so it fully released, but before it did, it went on sale on one of the Steam sales, and I got a couple of my friends to buy it. And so two of them, it didn't really stick. They like played it once, and they were like, this is kind of fun. But the other one, I got them to play it. And doing it with another person is like so much fun because you you set up these combos where we had him as the soldier because he's like, I just want to go in and kill people and blow stuff up and be like crazy. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll combo that with a cannibal because cannibals can only heal by eating. I know I'm talking about cannibalism a lot on this episode. (laughs) Can only heal by eating dead bodies that are on the ground. So he keeps just killing people. I constantly stay at full health because he's just murdering people along his way. And anytime he gets killed, I can revive him because in co-op mode, you turn into a ghost. You walk by your friend and you could either revive them with money to full health or revive them by giving half your health. So I'm just constantly eating all the dead bodies and bringing him back if he ends up dying. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. I didn't yeah. know that Streets of Rogue actually had co-op. Yeah, the co-op part is super fun. I nice. Once again, I definitely recommend this game, and I definitely recommend it playing with a friend as well because it's, it's a little bit way too chaotic when you're doing it with four people, but I think having just like a second player with you, just that one extra buddy on your side, makes it a lot of fun. All right, all right. So for the games that I've been playing this week, and I've been not playing a lot but i've been playing and i'm gonna go with two one of them is not a game you already know what it is the second one i've been playing through the original fable i said last week i believe that i'm gonna move my way through the fable series (laughs) so i've been doing that it's pretty fun i mean i was having some issues like earlier on like i said on last week's podcast that i got to that hob killing contest quest and really pissed me off but Mm. After recording the podcast, I hopped back in and just basically murked these obs. I was so quick, so fast. Yeah, I learned how to stab people on the ground again. It was totally fine. (laughs) And then I realized the biggest cheat in the game, for big bosses especially, but just for anything, is to combine both the multi-arrow spell and your slow time spell. So you basically just like have a Gatling gun and nobody can get close to you. And I'm just like, "Mm." technically it's not cheating. So... I've been doing that. It's pretty Damn, fun. the secret strats. Yeah, You're only dude. like, what, 
20-ish years behind? I mean, I have played this game through many times, and I imagine I've come across this realization before, <clears throat> but I forgot about it. So, you know, it's always fun to hop back into games and totally not have any of uh, the, the knowledge you prior you had prior to that. Uh, but the other game <laughs> I've been playing, and I'm telling you right now, if there is ever an example, a real example of video games making you murderous, it is having a Tamagotchi kind of a thing. So oh I've been God. playing with this Digivice, dude, and I'm telling you, it is the worst experience of my life. If these little a-holes don't uh -huh. Digivolve soon, I'm going to murder them. I you should were be so excited last week. Yeah. What has happened? This is like this is like the true representation of what having a kid is like. I know, I'm starting you're to You're so excited and then you realize, "Oh no, this is so much work." I'm starting <laughs> to think I shouldn't have kids because of that because seriously, I should put on some sort of, I should be put on some sort of fucking watch list for the amount of malice and hatred <laughs> I have for these Digimon. I'm since I was a kid, I had envisioned imagined and dreamed of being a digi destined going to the digital world i thought it would be so so cool and now if that actually happened and it was anywhere close to what happens with this digivice i would bring a machete hack every single digimon to death and then i would eat them to gain their abilities and rule the digital world with an iron fist i hate this fucking thing if these little assholes don't Digivolve soon? They're dead. I'm telling you right now, they're dead. I'm going to let them sit dead. in their own filth dead. until they're dead. I don't even care anymore. They're pissing me <laughs> off. Like every five Dang. seconds, they're like, I shit like three times and just do this. And you know what? When I'm the complete overlord of the digital world, I'm going to make them feed me, bathe me, clean my shit. It's going to be the reverse. I'm going to be like, how you guys like this? Hmm? And then it's going to be a vicious cycle because then they'll murder me, come to our world, kill everybody. Same thing will happen, you know? Wow, that's that's quite a uh, leaves you speechless, huh? Yeah, I know. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm it's a pretty scared. fantastic plan. Uh, don't be scared because I've also been watching an anime called Cannon Busters. Pretty good. I'm really enjoying Cannon, it. It's on Netflix. Cannon Busters sounds like uh, either an anime or something that would be more X-rated. Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely some X-rated shit. You know what I mean? I'm all in for them big anime titties. I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, I've I've heard that you're a fan of the Cannon Busters, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and the other show I've been watching is Mindhunter. They just put season two on Netflix, and over the weekend, I was like, you know what? I can't remember at all what happened to season one, so I watched the entirety of season one and season where, two. Where do you find this time? Who are you? <laughs> where? <laughs> how can you live like this? I don't know. Like, I've been recently staying up until, like, I, I work, and I have to get up for work at like 6.15 in the morning, and I've been staying up until like 12.30, and my fiance is like, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, actually, it makes me feel better to only have like five and a half hours of sleep. I don't know why. Just when I wake up in the morning, I feel way less groggy. You know, what's kind of weird about that is I have a very similar situation. So um, specifically, if I sleep for eight hours, which is very rare that I'll get that amount, I'm pretty good. If I get seven hours, I'll feel like dog shit. But if yeah. I get six hours, I'll feel great. And then you go to four hours and you feel fantastic. Five is yeah. just complete and other shit. 
yeah it's that REM cycle man it just depends you have to know what your cycle is and like how you sleep like I know for me like when I'm looking at the clock and I'm like I'm gonna get seven hours I'll often just be like well fuck it I'm just gonna do something for another hour because I know I've already gone too far (laughs) yeah I uh I watched a lot of that and I decided to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh and I'm gonna blame Mr. Errol for that uh because he was like hey there's a Yu-Gi-Oh game coming out and I was like you know what Instead of doing that, I'm actually going to get into the card game. So over the weekend, I bought a shitload of cards. I'm really excited about it. That was my uh, throwing some shade at Mr. Errol Moss. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter, at Errol M. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't wasn't your plan to save money a few episodes back? It was, but then I wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh! again. (laughs) Wow. You are are the true definition of an adult. I know, right? I just spend my money like... Just on nothing, basically. On cardboard, like, pieces of paper. That doesn't make uh, any sense. You could print them out. I could. I used to make my own Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I was a kid, and I would tape them to make them, like, somewhat laminate. They were shit. They were terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of struggles, though, which absolutely has nothing to do with this, but how about we hop mm. into our first news story? I mean, the real struggle is probably is getting through the first 30 minutes of an indie games podcast without us really talking about indie games, but... I mean, we talked we about Streets it. of Rogue. We talked about... Uh, Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, Hyperlight Drifter. These are all indie yeah, games, dude. all indie games. We, fucking, so, we talked about the epic game struggle of having to not like them, but also be brought in because they keep giving free shit away. Like, right? this, is, this is what the people want. This is the, the, the thing on the streets that they're having to deal with. <laughs> this you is know? us, like, in the streets, really canvassing the people. <laughs> what do you want us to talk about on an indie games podcast? Wait, not indie games? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you Sounds got it, good. buddy. <laughs> you want me to talk about a fucking Tamagotchi that I want to murder? Hell yeah, I can do that for 30 minutes. So our first <laughs> news story is over on IG, and it is written by that amazing guy, Jonathan Dornbush. Shout out to Podcast Beyond. Pretty fantastic. Um, you got Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo highlights 29 games in Indie World Showcase. Uh, Nintendo's Indie World Showcase held just as Gamescom 2019 kicked off featured over two dozen indie games confirming release dates, revealing new games coming to the Switch, and more. And then they've got a sweet list of uh, North American release windows. So for uh, I'm going to go through these pretty quick, hopefully. but uh, Let's find out. Yeah, it's just like how we used to have the indie games coming out in the week, but we stopped because I was <laughs> well, terrible at, at reading them. Day. That is a good point. They don't. None of them seemingly have an actual day. They just have a date, which is yeah. quite nice. You'll it is very okay. nice. So we've got Risk of Rain two coming in summer twenty nineteen. Eastward coming in twenty twenty. Uh, Freedom Finger coming in fall twenty nineteen. Roki maybe coming in or maybe Rookie. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to be. I don't know. Let's go with Rookie. <laughs> coming in winter twenty nineteen. Torchlight two coming in on September third. Uh, Skater XL coming twenty twenty. Uh, Europa. Europa. Yeah, Europa coming winter 2019. Super Hot is available now. I'm actually, I really want to hop into Super Hot. Which, that was a weird way to say that. You know yeah, it looks pretty fantastic. I kind of wanted to wait until I eventually bought a PlayStation VR and do mm, that, but yeah. you never I know, mean, you know. I would, I would wait for the VR. I feel like that game is definitely better in VR. 
Well, there you go, then, Big Josh boy. You just convinced me to buy a VR. I'm gonna now. I get to blame <laughs> it on money. both you and Errol for making <laughs> me spend money. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. You're gonna have a lot more fucking fun with a PS4 VR headset than you will with those damn Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You don't know that. <laughs> I, oof. I'm I I have a good inkling that I do. That's very possible. Uh, then we've got Dungeon Defenders Awaken coming February 2020. It's a timed console exclusive. The tour is coming November 2019. Scaleboy coming December 3rd. Earth Knight coming 2019. Hotline Miami Collection coming. It's available today, which is pretty <laughs> sweet. I, I love the like tweets that have been coming out about uh, like Devolver's tweets talking about how I believe it was like uh who was it miyamoto or sakurai i think it was miyamoto mm. talking about how hotline miami would never come to the switch or come to a nintendo console because it was like too gory and they didn't like mm. the music and no. but, uh, devolver's just throwing shade at them they're like sure bitch damn <laughs> devolver getting cocky i mean that's kind of their persona if we're being honest that's it's kind of just cocky douchey like they're they're pretty fantastic uh then we've got (laughs) blasphemous coming september 10th close to the sun coming in 2019 cat quest 2 coming in fall 2019 spirit fair coming spring 2020 trine 4 coming october 8th creature in the well coming september 6th one finger death punch 2 Coming December 2nd. Okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, Best Friend Forever coming February 14th, 2020. Pogs. Fogs. Something like that. scream it. Fogs! (laughs) I like how you did it far away. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to use... (laughs) I want to clip that and send it to him and be like, yo, this is how your game has to be said at all times now. Anytime it's mentioned on a podcast, they actually have to like sign some sort of an NDA like where they have to scream it like that. Yeah. yeah All yeah. right. Sounds good. That one's coming early 2020. Uh, we've got What the Golf coming winter 2019. Kind coming in 2019. Hypercharge Unboxed coming winter 2019. Do you think North it'll come Carol. in a box? I don't think so. It's unboxed. Mm. So. I would assume digital that naturally only. it would not. Maybe they're going to throw you a curveball and actually, like, if you buy it digitally, they're just going to send you a box edition. in the mail. No, no, not any. Nope, just a box. Just a box. Hey, that's yeah. what Fallout 76 did to me. <laughs> yeah, they did. I forgot about that. They just sent you a box. <laughs> they sent me a box. That's it. <laughs> it was great. Uh, we got Northgard coming September 26th, Sparklight coming fall 2019, Munchkin, uh, Qu- Quaked Quest, maybe? Quacked. Quacked. Okay, it's, Quacked Quest sure coming Quacked fall West. 2019, and Ye Old Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition coming September 27th. Are you super stoked about these? Are you going to buy Risk of Rain 2 so we could play together? <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> really you buy it on the pc you bitch <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm super excited for it to come uh i don't know why i was gonna say to risk of rain <laughs> to come to uh switch because i think more people should play that game because risk of rain 2 was uh, it's just such a good game and the fact that like i wonder how they're gonna do rollouts i assume it would be the same with all their new characters because like they have uh that 2019 date i think is before their actual go live for the game like i'm pretty sure it would still be an early access when it comes out 
on yeah summer. i was actually gonna ask that i was like is it technically an early access yeah i mean i it it, it technically is i don't know why they're early accessing it in nintendo switch as well because i'm pretty sure their dates the last time i looked was they're pushing the actual release date for 2020 um press release risk of rain 2 coming to the nintendo switch i believe it's actually this month but i'm not 100 percent sure i don't know summer uh, 2019 the summer's kind of ending isn't it since March 2019, blah, blah, blah. Dude, literally just get to the point. Where's the freaking release date for this bitch on Switch? <laughs> that rhymes, and I didn't mean it to. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's just... There is no... I think it's just summer, right? Um, For... I mean, but it, like, how much, how much more do we have of summer? September? Like, it has to come out... Is September can... technically part of the summer? Isn't it? I don't know. That was a legitimate question. I have no idea. Why you got to do this to me? Now I'm going to look like an idiot. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Is September summer? What the fuck? Available summer 2019 on on fucking (laughs) com. Thank you so much for that amazing information. Okay, well, Risk of Rain 2 coming summer 2019 to the Nintendo Switch. We going to play it not together because Josh hates me. It's true. Also, summer ends like mid or like close to the end of September. It's apparently summer in ends in the middle of a month. Fuck yeah. off. Summer ends and autumn starts at the moment, the moment of the September equinox, which occurs every year on September 21st to 23rd. You can eat my fat ass with that, dude. That's annoying. I'm... I mean, <laughs> I don't know who's going to do that, but yeah. Whoever put calendars together, I don't know, Nostradamus. Whew, take I that, know. calendar boy. Yeah, I don't know if Nostradamus was actually a cartographer, but still, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're getting a lot a lot of things wrong here today. But Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, this, like going back to the article itself, this is really cool. A lot of these are actually very interesting games, uh, which unfortunately... I probably won't ever pick up on the Switch because I have them elsewhere. Like Torchlight 2, I'm so surprised that's coming out because they're actually working on a new Torchlight Torchlight Frontiers, which I feel like Torchlight 2, and granted, I'm sure there's a community that will be excited about this, but like that game's really old. Yeah, hasn't it been on PC for a long time? Yeah, yeah. And, like, they're still working on the, I think it's, I don't know if it's the alpha or the beta of the new Torchlight. And I'm surprised they didn't just try to push, like, that on the Switch. But, I don't know. I guess there's... I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to drum up some hype for, like, a like maybe an announcement that, hey, whatever, Torchlight Frontier is coming to the Switch when it eventually launches in three years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, regardless, I mean, I still have yet to play the Ori and the Blind Forests. Uh, game so maybe this will be the time I actually pick it up uh, I still have never played the Hotline Miami games which I feel like I should so maybe I'll pick that up like there's a lot of good games in here also Cat Quest 2 shout out um, but yeah no there's there's a lot of good stuff here yeah I'm really excited Blasphemous got a release date uh, it's like a 2D Souls-esque game that looks yeah. Super, super gross. Yeah. yeah, there's like freaking dead babies, but like really big and shit like that. It's weird. I actually included it in one of my articles uh, for Handsome Phantom 
Uh, I can't remember when. I think it was when uh, the Dark Souls remastered or whatever came to the Switch. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article about indie games that uh, basically like Souls like indie games. And yeah. Salt that and Sanctuary one came out. is another good one. Yeah, I believe Salt and Sanctuary was also in my article. I I had like Momodora, um, mm-hmm. Salt and Sanctuary, Blasphemous, kind of a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, I'm excited to check out Blasphemous, even though it looks grotesque. Risk of Rain 2 looks awesome. Eastward, I saw a trailer for that one on uh, Twitter the other day. It mm-hmm. looks pretty freaking cool. I've only, I mean, I don't even know what the game is about, but I really like the art style. <laughs> That's just kind of that's, that's pretty on for brand for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, fucks. That one. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I did not understand what just happened for like the first second. <laughs> it was, yeah, you gotta wait a little bit. It's a bit Ooh. that just comes on you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that one, I don't even know what it is, but that name really gets me. Is that the dog dating simulator? <laughs> no, the dog dating one is the best friend forever. Oh, they fucked up. They should have gone for... Fogs! <laughs> so, they really fucked up their life there. They they should have... What, what even is that game? Oh, it does check. have I've dogs, I've been yelling though. it like five times. <laughs> it has dogs. Yeah, sleeping dogs. What are they doing? Oh, is it like a puzzle game? Are these two dogs stuck together? This game is weird as shit. It looks what? like cat dog. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> this actually looks interesting. <laughs> I kind of want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so strange. Uh, Fox! <laughs> this game looks weird. You know what's kind of funny? Is like, this reminds me of the game that uh, you basically shit on. Uh, earlier for their Kickstarter, uh, but it was like it, it didn't have you doing anything with the mechanics that you could do with a big old like worm type <laughs> character. Okay, but that was, one was dumb. What, what was even was that it? fucking game about? It was just like push shit. It was push shit off the the fucking table. Push it off the edge is just fucking alien, you know what I mean? Uh, but speaking of edges, time to move on to our next news story. I don't know how that makes sense, but I I'm going to say it either. does. Well, We'd... let's just keep them bad transitions. Dude, I'm going to play this Fogs game. This looks dope. <laughs> Uh, this news story is written by Adam Bankhurst over on IGN. It is Spelunky 2 most likely delayed into no! 2020. Yes, yes. Derek Yu, the developer and creator um, of Moss Mouth, uh, has stated he doesn't think we're going to release Blunky 2 this year as the density and detail uh, of the game is demanding more time. So he said this on Twitter. Uh, hey, Spelunky fans. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to release Spelunky 2 this year. Development is still going well, and we're not far off target, but the density and detail of the game is demanding more time. Thank you for your patience. You apologize for the lack of updates, um, as it can be tough balancing communication and dev time and not spoiling too much. Um, however, they have obviously been hard at work, and he took in feedback about the environments from the trailer while i still love the overall style <coughs> holy crap oh, man. i like swallowed spit mid-sentence swallowed that was fog. terrifying that in your throat, you know and that's what i've heard yeah that's what that's called you know i'm trying to just stray from saying the name because i feel like now every time i say that name i have to do that 
so I'm not going to say it anymore. Um, I, I hope next week we have another news article about it. It would piss me off. I'd be actually pretty pissed. I'd be like, just fucking go dark. I don't want to hear about your game anymore. <laughs> Uh, we've been adding more detail as well as increasing the contrast to make existing details pop. Uh, some were pretty subtle and compressed. Okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I want to know, you were excited for... Super excited. Spelunky 2. How are you feeling about this delay to 2020? I mean, I imagine we're both pretty... What the... F- Is that butt cheeks? Is this freaking <laughs> skeleton thing got butt cheeks? <laughs> What? <laughs> I like was scrolling over the video and IGN has like the IGN news thing and it's like a skeleton wall and I'm a hundred percent sure that it's got butt cheeks. I mean skeletons have butts. But butt cheeks though, they have a pelvic bone. They don't have butt cheeks. Butt cheeks are just fat. Trust maybe me, I've a, got a maybe fat butt a cheeks. You know, they got like uh butt flap growths. It's kinda like a vestigial tail, but instead yeah, exactly. it's just but like two. actual bone cheeks. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, speaking of mutants, dude, right there, fucking bone cheeks. Mm-hmm. That's how you get them. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> butt cheeks aside, <laughs> um, I'm I'm pretty upset because I really like Spelunky. I've played so much of the first one, and it was really like, it's really the first um, roguelike that I got into and just loved and played so so much of it so i'm upset that i'm not going to get to play you know more of that same kind of feel and have that nostalgic like man i can't believe i'm playing spelunky again but it's like 10 times better Uh, obviously that's a hope i don't know anything about the game just yet but um at the same time i'm also like there's a lot of games coming out and if they can take the time to make it better, I'd rather have them have a working game than something that they push out that sucks. And then everyone gets pissed off because like, uh, what? God, I can't remember who says it from the Nintendo crew, but it's always um, never push out a game that's broken. Like instead make it wait. I just butchered the, the quote, but like it's it's so true because especially in this time and like this day and age with video games when they're coming out just so often there's so many games like we just rattled off you know a whole list of them that are just being like oh yeah we're coming out and like that's not even like the tip of the the iceberg like there's so much more that's always out and in the blink of an eye if this comes out and people aren't loving it it will be old news you know what i mean like yeah, I'd rather it be amazing and just come out when it's supposed to, or not when it's supposed to, but like when it's ready. Yeah, let alone the fact that if you release a game and it's it's a good game but it's broken, review scores will reflect that it's broken for basically the arrest of time. Yeah, and not they, many like, no places actually them. update reviews. Yeah, so like let's say Spelunky Two came out and it just wasn't completely done. There was some stuff. Even if maybe a couple months later they fixed it that doesn't really matter to people anymore. Like yeah. you, you can fix a game. I mean, obviously the evidence against that is like no man's sky, but people <laughs> still are super fucking pissed at that game. Yeah. So I definitely believe the same thing. Yeah. Delay it. That's awesome. We should also say that when we say we're upset about delays, cause I feel like, uh, when like Psychonauts was delayed to 2020, I might have seemed like more, 
quote unquote upset with it. I'm I'm imagining we both feel like, oh, that sucks. We're kind of just like, oh, that's a major bummer, but we're not upset like fucking death threats upset. No, we're not oh, like no. annoyed. It's like cool. Take more time with your game. That's totally fine. No big deal. We're just gonna, you know, chill out, play some other games. Possibly, I don't know, Bard's Tale Four or something. I, that was just out of my ass. But you know, there I'm are really, other games to play. I'm really pushing that uh, that next article that's coming up. Yes, yes, I am. Speaking <laughs> of Bard's Tale Four, time to move on to our next news story, which is over on Game Informer. It's written by Elise Favis, Favis, something like that. Uh, here are all the Xbox titles coming to Games Pass. So there are a couple of these that are not indie games, but man, there are a couple of them that are. So we've got uh, <laughs> Devil May Cry 5 is available today. You've got Age of Empires Definitive Edition, also available today. Stellaris is available today and coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC later on. Ape Out is coming August 22nd. Kingdom Come Deliverance, amazing game, uh, is coming August 22nd. Bard's Tale 4 Collector's Edition, or Collector's Director's Cut, uh, is coming August 27th. Blair Witch is coming August 30th. And the Mac Daddy of Souls like 2D platforming pixel whatever uh, Sludge Boys, you know what I mean? Is Dead Cells is coming September 5th to Xbox Games Pass. Dude, I'm stoked. It's also Crazy. Game Pass, by the way. But I feel like I need to say Games Pass since there's more than one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I have a question about this because I'm a little confused when. There's a clear distinction here of them saying Stellaris is available today and it's also coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC later on. Are all of these games on Xbox Game Pass for PC or is there a distinction of like which ones get to come versus which ones don't cross over? Like, um, because, Honestly, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, because here's the thing. like For me as a consumer... I look at this list and I go, you know, there's a good amount of games on here that I've thought about, you know, purchasing, but we're always kind of the, uh, I don't want to do it because it's too high price point for how interested I am in it. But when you talk about Xbox Game Pass for PC, it looks a whole lot more enticing because I don't have an Xbox, but I have a PC. But um. I don't want to go into this service when... I'm getting essentially not ripped off because it is a pretty damn lo low pl price point for this. Yeah, um, you just get in the shorter end of the stick yeah, versus console it's, players. Yeah, it's it's kind of upsetting in that case. And granted, I'm sure Xbox should probably do something for their own damn console and like they can get away with it, but I'm not going to get an Xbox anytime soon, so like I don't know, that it just it's interesting that they made that distinction. Yeah, I'm I'm looking on Microsoft's website to try to see what exactly is going on with like the PC. So it seems like uh, Xbox Game Pass on PC is in beta. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, it says unlimited access to over 100 high quality PC games on Windows 10. Um, joined for the introductory price of four ninety nine. whatever. I just really want to know, like, is, yeah, like you said, is there some sort of limitation to the library? Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's a big distinction of, like, whether I would be interested in going in uh, or not. Because I've thought about it, especially, and granted, now's not the time to get all hyped for it, just because um, back when E3 happened, they had that, like, 
it's a dollar for a month, which I probably should have just taken up that offer to see like, okay, well, what do they have? But um, it's still a pretty good price point because I think for the Xbox Game Pass, it's only fourteen ninety nine a month normally. Um. Yes. Yeah. Normally it's fourteen ninety nine a month. Uh, you can snag two months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which combines Xbox Games Pass and Game Pass. Fuck. And know, Xbox Live Gold uh, for just two dollars. Normally it's fourteen ninety nine uh, a month. This offer lasts until September nineteenth. So it seems like you can hop in right now pretty for cool. pretty I cheap. I don't see a purpose in me not having a console to pick up that bundle since i don't have xbox live gold but i mean two dollars is obviously cheaper than what i would pay normally i'm also kind of wondering so if you do the game pass and you want to play like uh let's say gears of war online are you required to have like xbox live gold to play that online or like you're talking about on pc yeah yeah Mm. or is it just like a a standard like across the board like oh i have internet so i can play yeah because that honestly that's one of the biggest factors that brought me to pc gaming like a few years back is when all of the companies started doing this. And I was like, I don't want to pay $50 for this stupid subscription that I just, I already have internet. So I left. Yeah, I, I do. I, as a console gamer, I really hate the fact that I constantly have to pay like a yearly fee to have online services. Mm-hmm. It's super annoying. I mean, they, they do some nice stuff where they're like, Oh yeah, we'll give you some free games. But like, and this is a gripe I've held for a while now, ever since they stopped giving out Vita and PS3 games. The There's like kind of, it's starting to diminish. The amount of quality that you get with PlayStation Plus specifically is starting to diminish because sometimes you just get shitty games and nobody's like, re- I mean, I can't say nobody. I'm not going to say nobody. People are excited for them, like Pro Evolution Soccer for some reason. But I'm... Um, like, they, they kind of, I don't know, they just need to gauge the water with their audience and say, hey, if we're giving out only two games a month, we need to make sure that they're games that people are excited about and really want to play, let alone the fact that they, like, took away a good four games that you could play on both uh, PS Vita and PS3 and then didn't add anything else. Like, people have said they should add VR titles or add, like, maybe, like, a movie or something because PlayStation also has movies, but they just haven't. Right and Hmm. that's that's super annoying um yeah i'm gonna kind of give up on this xbox game pass for pc thing because i don't even really know what's going on there it's it's (laughs) (laughs) i'll i'll look it up on my own later i'll I'll figure it out i don't know man it's um it it looks interesting but i would definitely have to find out about that xbox live gold thing too because if i was then given a paywall of i can't use my internet that i have on my pc to play these xbox games i would definitely lose my shit yeah i would assume it's not the case but i mean they do say assumptions make asses out of you and me so you never know i'm actually Mm -hmm. i'm i'm really thinking about getting into xbox game pass especially because 
so let's say um, I have like I believe I heard on Games Daily today that Xbox isn't gonna make it like a big priority to bring their games to other consoles. So like a uh, Cuphead and Ori were kind of like they're they're one offs because they're not technically Microsoft's IP. They just had some sort of like publishing right to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, and they'd possibly like there was uh, somebody went on the record over at Xbox a while ago, like last week, um, where they talked about if a game makes sense network wise to come on different consoles, then yes, they, they might bring their games to other consoles, but they specifically went on record, I believe today, yesterday, whatever, talking about how they are not going to try to bring their games to other consoles. Like, uh, after they put out Psychonauts 2 after they put out uh, Wasteland 3 after they put out all these games they previously had agreements to release on these consoles the rest of their games that these studios are going to be making are going to be specifically for Xbox consoles and does I, that mean it's also going to be for PC though, or is it just? The yeah, console? I would assume so. I through like the the Game Pass and stuff like that. I would assume it was also going to come to PC. Um, I guess also the the, the whole like Windows side. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I I, I I bet it would come to PC, just not other consoles like PlayStation or Nintendo Switch. What I was yeah. getting with that is that I've been thinking about getting into Game Pass specifically for games like Ashen below uh the outer worlds maybe yeah. is the it the outer, outer worlds, worlds or outer wilds Which the one? wilds one gets me a lot i think it's the outer worlds no it's or, outer wilds yeah outer wilds outer worlds is the like the obsidian yeah uh almost like fallout type game i mean hell in a sense also the outer worlds because i imagine since microsoft now owns obsidian there's going to be yeah, some sure, bit with I'm game sure pass so yeah, yeah. which but, by the way i think if that game is like uh, a really good showing and is very similar to the Fallout New Vegas style and they keep to that kind of formulaic style, so to speak, that'll probably be my game of the year. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited for that game. Fallout New Vegas is my favorite Fallout. Don't at me. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm telling you right now, Fallout 3 eat shit. Please at me Ooh. about that. Yeah. Hot yeah, takes man. on here. But I love Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Let's get on like uh, I'm gonna get on my ramp pedestal here. Ready? Right, here I'm gonna go. get my wiggles out real quick. I'm ready. If you don't like Fallout New Vegas because it has a dreary color palette, you should visit a fucking desert, guys. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's all browns and tans. Go to a desert. Look at it. It's brown and tan. What else do you expect? There are obviously issues with that game. Like, just oh, yeah, stupid sure. stuff with morality and the fact that, like, if you wear costumes... I mean, there's just a bunch of, like, annoying stuff that I find with Fallout New Vegas. But I love that game. A lot of the gripes about it, some of them definitely warranted. Others are just stupid, like the color palette. I had somebody say that to me once when I worked at GameStop, and I literally looked at them and I was like, Have you been to a desert? You know you live in one right now, right? Idaho is technically a desert. Have you ever been like outside of where there are trees, dude? That's what it looks like. So I'm not, I don't really understand that, but whatever. Let's hop in. <laughs> Let's get crammed with a whole lot of information. Let's hop into news cram. Cram, 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 cram. Now that I crammed you full of all my ranting, you know what I mean? So excited. I am full. I'm so excited for that game, dude. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, so... First, in news cram, we're going to head over to IGN with 
Little Nightmares 2 announced at Gamescom 2019. Super stoked about that. I'm wondering yeah. if it's going to be a prequel to Little Nightmares or if it is a sequel because the ending of Six's story kind of leaves her in a weird place mm. if you've like played through it. And it doesn't I seem haven't. like she's exactly the same way in this game. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't played. I've. It's on my wish list. Like I really want to play Little Nightmares, but I just haven't gotten to it. Seeing this announced, though, definitely makes me more excited to actually get it and run through it. Um, you really should. They have a second playable character in it now as, like, this little boy. I'm not sure if it really changes the experience at all, um, but they have it. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to see. <laughs> and you could get the sixth edition with a cool little six figure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I bought. And they have stickers. It's cool. Wow, stickers, you Yeah, say. I don't know why people are still giving away stickers, Cause it's less, probably because it's cheap and people will buy physical stuff because, you know, they're suckers. Like I guess you. that checks out. I actually really like the stuff of Fangamer because they also give you a sticker. So See, you just like stickers. I just fucked myself there. I just played <laughs> myself, you know. Uh, speaking of playing yourself, Kerbal Space Program 2 announced at Gamescom 2019. I, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no interest all right <laughs> i don't know who likes that game literally like you know how when you're in school and you just like you get on a computer and you're like what games can i play you go to like coolmathgames.com or whatever kerbal space program was on every single pc in my high school and middle school i'm fairly certain that nobody that played that game no one yeah i remember seeing it on pcs like in i i believe in my high school i'm not 100 percent sure but still hmm. who the fuck likes that game i don't know whatever apparently someone because they're making yeah. a second they're making a second one good for them guys you make your game all right uh speaking wow. of games we got a hat in time speaking nintendo switch games. release date comes to reveal uh shit a hat in time <laughs> nintendo switch release date revealed includes co-op then we're hopping over to update no man's sky gets a patch to fix console version crashes so i've actually found this quite hilarious if you're on the no man's sky reddit when the beyond update initially went out apparently they were having a lot of like crashing issues um and somebody put out like a meme that was like oh my ship before no man's sky beyond and it was like this ship and it was like my ship after and it was a blue screen that said your game has crashed <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, more No Man's Sky news. We got No Man's Sky Beyond update will not wipe your creations. I didn't even know that was a possibility, but did you know yeah. you can milk animals, like alien animals in Beyond? Gross. It's fucking cool, dude. Gross. I got to get back into No Man's Sky. You're a psycho. Got to milk some animals. Uh, now we're hopping over to Game Informer. We got WayForward reveals Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Ooh. Now over on Twinfinite. Uh, Windjammers 2 coming to Google Stadia and other platforms in 2020. Uh, staying on Twinfinite, we got Wargroove set to release limited physical deluxe edition. What? So, oh, set to receive <laughs> limited physical deluxe edition release. <laughs> I played a, myself uh... again. Quite a tongue twister, that one. <laughs> and our last story in news cram is over on Nintendo Life as per usual. It is Inti Creates explains why it didn't stick around to finish Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. So, big 
Josh Boy. I was going to say the biggest of average Josh Boys, but really, I just get the two mixed up a lot. It gets That's me. That's true. You're going to call me average Josh Boy one day. No, because you're the biggest of average. I'll never make that mistake. Don't you worry, Big Josh Boy. I won't disrespect you like that. You're either the big or the biggest. That's it. You're not going to be average. <laughs> the big or the biggest. That's me, baby. <laughs> Let's go. So, biggest of average, Josh Boy. We've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh Boys hops into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome indie games for us to talk about, and we do. This week, we've got uh, Chicory. How, how would you say that? I'd say Chicory. All right. Well, apparently I did not say that correctly. So we're going to go chicory, <laughs> a dog wielding a magic paintbrush used to color, explore. Oh, used to use. Oh, my God. Ooh, I hate myself wow. today. Okay. <laughs> use color to explore, solve puzzles and make friends. And we've got dream dreamscaper, a mm-hmm. surreal binding of Isaac hack and slash where players battle a nightmarish depression that lives in a young woman's subconscious. I like how we have just diametrically opposing ideas here yeah we've got like the super happy greg lobanov game shout out to greg lobanov he's super cool go back and listen to our interview with him on the early days of any incursion (laughs) and then we've got uh dreamscaper that just makes me want to stab myself you know wow like it looks depressing but first we're gonna talk about chicory a colorful tale (laughs) it's from the creators of wonder song plus celeste i don't know who worked on celeste on here but that's dope so they they were asking for thirty thousand as their goal they have already made forty nine thousand nine hundred and twenty eight dollars with one thousand three hundred eighty eight backers and 23 days left to go i'm super stoked for this game dude it looks weird as hell i don't know how like any of these gameplay mechanics are going to transfer to any sort of console edition. I don't believe that they have a console edition planned right now, do they? They, oh, uh, like for, I would assume they would be on Switch. I would not? assume so as well. I just don't know how uh, it would work specifically. Like how you seemingly use the paintbrush just randomly. So um, I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, maybe. I guess I don't see anywhere. Yeah, it's PC or Mac, Steam key, or DRM free. Yeah, I guess it is only PC version. I mean, this is definitely doable. It would just have to be something where you'd essentially use, you know, a joystick and press down on a button. And then when you press down on the button, it'll basically paint during that time. Um, It probably wouldn't lend itself to being as easy or accessible as it would with a mouse but i think it's still doable um but i'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it than you know my shitty explanation of how to make it work (laughs) so that's probably why they're not doing it um holy crap now that i've looked down at their the team section there's mm-hmm. actually some big shit that they've worked on so like of course greg lobanov made wonder song and uh he had several other games like uh, in our interview we talked about it he said he had several other games they just didn't take off as big mm-hmm. as wonder song did then you've got uh lena rain i believe is how you say her name she's the composer for celeste then you've got people who've also worked on like night in the woods and all sorts of other really cool games i'm 
I'm actually super stoked about this game, and I'm so glad that they changed the name from Draw Dog for no, reasons that I've already spoken I about. I don't like it. I want Draw Dog back. I want if to I'm be Draw Dog in it. I do believe that Draw Dog was probably a better name. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not crazy about the name Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I mean, I get that that's the character's name, and that's why they're doing it, but like... I mean, on, to be man. fair, your player character's name is Pizza. Yeah. That is not actually the name of the dog you play. Chicory is like this rabbit, this hare. This, uh, Chicory is a hugely popular, charming, and talented artist beloved by just about everyone, but especially you, who is Pizza. Pizza is a dog. I mean, I like the fact that the dog's name is Pizza, but it could also be Draw Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that that's actually a pretty fantastic name. Like, however much Draw Dog may be uncomfortable, I do think it is a better name than Chicory or Color for Tail. But no, I, I they, definitely pay twenty bucks for this game when it comes out. This game looks, looks awesome. So weird. So this is, I'm torn on this because this lends itself to the same way that I think Wonder Song did, where Wonder Song was a great game. I really enjoyed playing it. I loved the story. It hooked me. I was very interested in a lot of those beats as far as the uniqueness of the game, which I think is exactly what this is going to do. But I wouldn't say Wonder Song was the most fun game you could play. And I don't yeah, mean that it, in... Neither of these look like they have a whole lot of gameplay to them necessarily. Right. I don't mean that in a negative manner. I just mean... When one thinks of a video game, they think of usually kind of high-paced action or some type of, granted, like normal gameplay element, that this is doing something very unique, and although it is unique, I don't know how well that's going to lend itself in a full-fledged game. Yeah, this does look kind of weird. The gameplay mechanic uh, mainly being you using this magical like paintbrush to color in different objects to solve puzzles, mm. which looks pretty weird. Um, I mean, I'm not... Like, of course, they have the actual gameplay, but I'll be interested to see how it works specifically if different colors interact with different objects di mm -hmm. like in different ways, you know what I mean? So, yeah. There's obviously like the puzzles where it's like, okay, cool. You have to put an X on this door and then you put an X on it. I imagine it doesn't matter the color, but then they have like plants that you fill up with different colors and then you bounce across them. Is it just any color or does it matter? Like, yeah, I, don't know. I, I don't know. I find this game really, really interesting and I'm excited to, to see it and to play it. But I do see how just, yeah how you'd say it doesn't look that fun just like people have said like uh like grease or however you say it yeah that it's it's not actually that fun it's it's more of like i don't know it's an experience similar to uh sea of solitude stuff like that i like mm -hmm. that games are kind of delving into the more experiential yeah, and I'm not, side of like, things like i said i'm not trying to make it sound negative although it definitely is coming off that way i'm just saying this is not your common type of game that someone would go into and be like oh i'm going to play this because the actual gameplay mechanics to it are a lot of fun it's more this is probably something where it has this unique mechanic and because of that it's interesting and lends itself to i want to see more of what is possible and i feel like they'll lean more into the puzzle side of things 
based on what we were saying, is there, you know, a certain color that interacts different with certain objects or what do you have to do to actually color your way through the world itself? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how this turns out. It it seems to be like I don't know in early development. I would assume because it's uh, estimated delivery of the actual game is August uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. So it it definitely seems to be in early development. But the fact that like we've got sound designers and um, from awesome games like Night in the Woods and Celeste makes me think the the or uh, composer is from Celeste. The sound designer right. is from Night in the Woods. Um, but I I'm thinking the music and the sounds in these games are going to be pretty fantastic. It's this is probably going to be something that you just sit down and chill like you. It's going to be like a serene experience and less of like, I don't know. Like you said, it's not going to be a real gamey game, yeah. which isn't, it definitely it's isn't a bad, a bad thing. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though, like you said, it kind of sounds like one. It's definitely not. It's, uh, I'm not trying to make it. It's just, it's a definite distinction between other games, I'm sure, that Speaking. most people would get it of other gamey games. So we've got Dreamscaper here. They were looking for $25,000, which is their goal. They have made $38,449 with 638 backers and 15 days left to go. This game yeah. is definitely a gamey game. This is high, like fast-paced action. It looks really, really cool. Um, the different platforms, it seems like it's coming to PC and possibly the Nintendo Switch. I would assume that is a stretch goal. Yeah, it's 40000 which I am pretty sure they'll hit since they have 15 more days to essentially make one point five dollars Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely so, like, going to hit it. I'm sure this will come to the Switch. And, uh, I mean, just to kind of go over, I don't know why they use Binding of Isaac as their style for hack and slash since i don't particularly think of binding of isaac as a hack and slash that is kind of weird you could say like binding of isaac like roguelite or whatever but hack and slash yeah that is weird oh i think it's saying a binding of isaac style hack and slash just kind of mixing both roguelite and hack and slash yeah yeah i'm mixing the two when i shouldn't be but then I, feel I like mean, they, they definitely probably should have put a comma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, commas aside, the game looks super cool. I, I have always been a big fan of roguelikes and the concept of going back into a world and starting over and having it procedurally generated just for the replayability sense of things. But I really like what they're doing with this because they're making it where the game is like half of that portion of going into the world's which is this her dreams, her like nightmares and fighting these demons. Whereas the other half is more of a story-based progression of relationships with people outside of the world. And um, as weird as it sounds, I'm very attracted to games that have this type of um, mentality of talking about topics such as depression or social uh, issues from you know like a mental issue things like that have such a a very niche side of games that is becoming a bigger thing uh as of late and i really enjoy more of that being talked about and i think this is a really good way um to to put that in perspective of someone living normally in their day struggling with it and then coming back being by themselves and having to face their demons 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm really a hundred percent behind that type of concept. And I think it lends itself well to the style of gameplay they're attempting. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I really enjoy the integration of real world like issues in games. I'm not talking necessarily about political stuff, but just like you said, social issues and the ideas of mental health like in Celeste and Senuous Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that a lot. Um, and I'm glad. So initially I didn't see that there was a, an additional like section of this game that was pretty much like the actual narrative. I thought the majority of it was going to be this like roguelite going into your done or your dreams and just killing stuff. But now that I know that there's that outside section where, yeah, you build relationship, unlock story, earn upgrades, stuff like that. I think that's so cool. And I'm, I'm actually really, I'm much more excited for that now. Yeah. This is like, I'm really excited for chicory. I think it's going to be a great game, but this game dreamscaper is one that I'm actually really considering backing just because it has such a cool concept that I I really enjoy. Uh, One of the big issues, especially as a person who plays a ton of roguelikes is that they, although have a great amount of, you know, replayability for them, they can get old very quick, especially if you're struggling. And I think having this, change of pace to go back and forth kind of like what moonlighter does with you know having it where you go into a dungeon but then have to sell things it adds that nice uh change of pace to what you're doing so that it doesn't just become the same old procedurally generated maps because you know even though it's procedurally generated things will still start to look the same after you played it you know a hundred times yeah yeah plus it adds that like little bit of progression that might peak uh like might keep people like me going versus standard roguelikes i just can't like i i get my ass beat so many times and then i'm just done i'm like (sighs) okay dude i can't i don't feel like i'm getting anything but it seems like within uh dreamscaper and like similar to just like how you said moonlighter they're Mm -hmm. adding that just little bit extra that makes the game not only stand out but have I don't know, long-lasting value for somebody like me who's just not good at video games. (laughs) I mean, we don't know that. It might be super, super challenging, and it'll just destroy you. Who knows? That's true. Speaking of, like, challenging in the actual gameplay, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, it it really does. I I like the fighting system, and I like how they're saying you can have different styles in there because they have both a ranged, a melee, and what looks to be a type of uh, shield-based, like, counterattacks with uh projectiles so it seems like they're gonna have some interesting balancing to do and work with but a lot of good mechanics to play the game the way you want to yeah i love the uh it kind of looks like the person's like water and earth bending she's (laughs) like uh using these seemingly like aoe attacks of ice and like stones and stuff like that i think that looks so cool and I'm I'm honestly really excited for this game. It looks really interesting. The difference between Chicory and this game is Chicory looks like a good experience and this looks like a good game. Like this <laughs> we, keep, <laughs> we keep saying it where it sounds bad, but we're not trying to. <laughs> no, I mean it I mean I don't know. I know. In a sense, yeah, I do mean it in a negative way where it seems like 
I will get through Chicory specifically just to see how the story plays out and because I'd want that more serene experience. And then mm-hmm. when I really want to get heavy into a game and I want to play and I want to enjoy and be kind of like, I don't know, challenged in a way, that's when I would come to to Dreamscaper because you've got combat and it's not just puzzle solving. It's like the, the combat and the seemingly like interesting narrative. It's all that that... Uh, that's the reason that I would say Dreamscaper, like you said, is more of like a game that I would back over Chicory. I would I would back Chicory definitely just because I think Greg is a great guy um, and that game looks awesome, but I would back it so much easily. I would back it. It would be much easier to back if it was still named Draw Dog. <laughs> Clearly the one issue. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, both of these games look awesome. Uh, I'm definitely excited for them to both come out, but I'm pretty sure I'm leaning harder into Dreamscaper, and I'm really considering backing it. Yeah, I really like its enemy archetypes, like these creepy kind of Lovecraftian like fish specter people. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they just look really cool. I mean, I will say your player character looks kind of creepy since they don't have a face. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, it looks similar to like Absolver and art style, and I actually really like that. I think that's really interesting. Um, but I think it's about time we we move to about the end of this podcast, and I want to talk about our big, just like random question. This week, I want to talk about the Game Informer layoffs and the state of GameStop as a whole. So, something that I've heard going around is, so I've heard it on different podcasts, people talking about, like, for the longest time, people have kind of, some people have cheered that GameStop is kind of going under because they don't like their business practices. They feel like they're shady because they do weird ass shit with trades and they sell your games for more after you just paid, like, 20 They sell for 50 whatever. Um... I'm not going to defend anything that GameStop does, especially if it's super sketchy. I know some of the stuff that different GameStop employees would do um, as, like, sketchy things. But I think this, uh, like, what's happening with Game Informer right now, I think shows us that GameStop going under is a much bigger deal than we think it is. It's not just their stores closing down. It's also, like, what's going to happen with ThinkGeek? Is I'm assuming they, they might yeah. sell it off to try to make some money, but it's very possible that ThinkGeek will also go under. And then there's all the ThinkGeek stores that will go under that didn't have sketchy business practices. Game Informer will most likely go under unless somehow, like, I don't know, some sort of like crowdfunding to keep it alive or they sell off that asset in a way as well. Game Trust, their publishing arm, um, it has like a bunch of different indie games like in development. What's going to happen to those development studios working on these games if GameStop goes out of business? Like, these are things that I'm really kind of worried about because it seems like people have covered GameStop kind of having a bad time right now, having a bad couple years and possibly going out of business. It's kind of like, I don't know, in a more lighthearted way. Um, of course it was going to be people losing their jobs, but it seemed like it was just going to be retail jobs lost. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like a large section of this industry, whether it's like collectibles, actual video games, or the journalism behind it is going to be much more affected than people thought initially. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And it's something that I I didn't even think about thinking, um, I didn't Which think is, about Game Informer until this happened. I was I like, know. oh, shit. They do own Game Informer. For a second, I thought they only had, like, publishing rights. 
Right. Yeah. I didn't even, I mean, it didn't even really connect. Like I know that they had the issues as part of like one of their uh, membership deals, but like, I just assumed that was like, Oh, we struck a deal with game informer. They make magazines and they're, you know, part of like, like I didn't think they actually own them or there was any implications of if GameStop takes a hit, they take a hit kind of a thing. So it's pretty, it's pretty scary, and it, it just sucks because, like, yeah, people are wanting GameStop to kind of take the dive because, yeah, I mean, granted, GameStop needs to clean up their act in certain areas, but, like, when you think about how many people are going to lose their jobs over that, like, it's it's pretty substantial. Like, we, like you said, we just had this whole uh, ton of cutbacks because of this, and this is just, you know, the start of it. Like GameStop is losing a lot of money. It's not going to end with just these cuts and then they're going to be fine. So what, like, I, and it's it's tough because like what, what do they even do, you know? Yeah, yeah, I... <clears throat> I'm, I'm definitely worried about what's going to come first. So what I would do if I was GameStop is, and this is going to sound really terrible, but if they want to keep their business alive and viable, I have literally like five GameStops within my vicinity. They need to close down like three of them and just have basically like two GameStops. They need to consolidate all their inventory, try to work a little bit more on their online sales. Um, I don't know. They, they've they been talking about how they want to change GameStops to be different, like not yeah, be like the boutiques they are now. Yeah, more of a hangout place. And I'm like, yeah, that would work. But also you like that's that's a risk, I would say. If instead yeah. you just close down a lot of your stores and just have like a couple I mean, you're going to make less money, but I don't know exactly these weird ass like esports hangout places. I don't know how much money you're going to actually make on those. And I'd assume the first things that they're going to do is I would I would try to sell off ThinkGeek. I would mm. I would I would initially try to do that. Um I imagine the reason they aren't is because collectibles have such I mean, a higher yeah, margin. Like how much how much of revenue are they taking in because of ThinkGeek versus what their main substantial like profit yeah. is from the uh, video games? I would I would honestly bet the most money they make is from GameStop and ThinkGeek. So I think Game Trust and Game Informers specifically are more on the chop block, like the chopping block, which mm-hmm. really sucks cuz I guess Game Informer laid off the mid, like I, I'm not gonna say the majority, but a large portion of their editorial staff. Yeah, I mean, which really sucks. One of our articles today, the person who wrote it, he got canned. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who got like fired. Imram Khan was talking about how it was so nice of corporate to they like discontinued his insurance. Like he wasn't gonna have insurance through the end of the month. Jesus. That's pretty terrible. Luckily, it does seem like he's like hopping on it kind of funny since he has all this quote unquote free time, which a is weird good aside. For side, like yeah, I'm cash, but with insurance, that's still pretty risky. Like, yeah, I'm I'm wondering if Imram Khan is be gonna is begun. What am I gonna say? Gonna is take over going to become Andrea's yeah spot? yeah with Games Daily gonna become the new part timer because mm, now he. I mean, it's not a good thing, but now he has extra time. So, 
But I hope all of these people that are affected by these layoffs land on their feet. GameStop already, like, they, they fired, not, or laid off, whatever the distinction between those two is. Um, they laid off not just people from Game of Armor, but also a decent amount of their, like, corporate staff. And before that, like, I, I think less than a month ago, they laid off a bunch of different district leaders. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of people that are going to lose their jobs if if GameStop goes under. And I just don't know if people necessarily thought about that when they were like, oh, yeah, GameStop should go under. Those guys fucking suck. It's like there's a shitload of great people that work for GameStop that are now going to lose their jobs. But also, I guess that's kind of the the problem with having kind of this brick and mortar sale uh, the this brick and mortar shop in a like mm. evolving digital marketplace i mean yeah it's tough like there's not especially from someone like me like personally the only reason i'll ever walk into gamestop is when i want a console i will i i hate physical copy stuff now just because i like having it all on my console itself and just being able to boot it up whenever i want so like for me everything I get is from either on my PC with it being, you know, steam or apparently now Epic game store, if they give it to me for free, uh, or the Nintendo eShop. So like, there's no reason for me to go to GameStop other than like the story I said just today of having to go in and get a new Nintendo switch console. Yeah, which was a good story. Sadly, what most people think about GameStop is all these shitty stories that they hear. And I feel like the the reason that they heard all these shitty stories, and this is true, is because of their like sales practices. People are basically like forced to hit numbers mm-hmm. that are somewhat unreasonable, especially based on like the place that you work in. For instance, I had a like I worked in one of like the the highest ranking GameStops in the nation and then i moved to a much smaller store which then my sales taxes my sales tactics had to completely change because i had way less clientele i had way like less people that would possibly pre-order stuff so you had to be more pushy because you had to hit these numbers and then i also had bosses that would like get two pre-orders and then just ditch me basically (sighs) so their numbers were great and mine were shitty and i was like thanks it's awesome that's pretty nice. Also, yeah. you know what was a nice part about that uh, exchange is he didn't try to push a uh, any like like a pre-order or anything. Thing. Yeah, he was just like, okay, you want your console? All right, see you later. I'm going to be honest. Sadly, I had an annoying GameStop experience. Like when I went to go buy my Digivice, I was like, oh yeah, you guys have Digivices? And he's like, yeah, right there. I was like, sweet. So I picked mine up and I and he had already asked me once if I wanted to pre-order the new Digimon games. And I was like, no, I'm good. And then as he rung me up, he asked me again. And I was like, no, I'm 100% (laughs) sure I don't want to pre-order these Digimon games. I know they exist. I know when they come out. I have them on my calendar. I'm not worried about it. I just want this one item. So, But, I mean, I've also been on the other side of that where I had to be – I wouldn't say that I was pushy, but I did have to ask those questions. Hey, do you you want GPGs? Do you want this? Yeah, it's literally part of your job. You risk your job if you don't. Like, they'll fire mm-hmm. you for having low numbers. That's yeah. just, that's that's the bad part of working in retail. It's, it's really fun, and it's really nice to work in GameStop because you get to talk about video games all the time, but it sucks because you don't get to just talk about them. You have to sell them. Right. Yeah, it's not, 
it's not you being like a journalist and actually being like, oh, I'm going to write about this game. I'm going to discuss this game. I'm going to do something. It's just you have to sell it to the person that's in front of you. And if you don't, then they get rid of you. And I mean, granted, it sucks because, you know, no one likes to be fired. But like, that's kind of the mentality that GameStop actually needs right now. Because if people aren't making money, then like they're going to go under. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they need to just focus. That's what I mean. They need to close down these stores that just don't make any money. Like my old store, it sadly did not make a whole lot of money. There are Mm -hmm. certain stores like the one in Pocatello that I worked at initially, it's so big because there's no other place to buy video games within Mm -hmm. that vicinity. It makes so much money because the next GameStop or big game store, uh, the next place where you could trade in games or at least like kind of quote unquote legitimate. They're like some sketchy ass pawn shop type deals. Like they're the, the actual legitimate ones are miles away, like 60 miles away. So everybody has to come there to purchase their games. So I think in places where they have like five game stops, they need to just have two and those game stops will make you money. And I don't know. It just, it really sucks that this is going to happen. They're going to start closing down stores. They're going to start either selling off or laying off uh, like people or they're going to sell off these different like IPs or subsections of their brand. I'm I'm really not excited for what's going to happen for Game Trust because these are like indie devs that have been working on games and now the rug is going to get pulled out from under them, which really sucks. Um, but I guess it's just something that happens like games like deformers were published with game trust uh has been heroes was um uh what was it not sea of solitude song of the deep which is an insomniac game was published through game trust so there's there's a lot of games they were published through there or i mean three isn't a lot but there are other games that are currently in the works and now I don't know what's going to happen to them or those like indie devs are, is their funding going to be like pulled out from under them or do, did they pay up front kind of a thing? I, I don't know what's happening, but this really sucks. But uh, yeah, time to end this podcast on a shitty note again. <laughs> no, give, us, <laughs> give, give the people some hope. <laughs> It'll be okay. I hope that eventually Greg Lobanov comes to his senses and changes the name uh, from Chicory back to Draw Dog. Ah, there you yes, go. The real issue of this episode. <laughs> There's some hope. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys like this episode, make sure to give it a like on, uh, I don't know, YouTube or give us a favorable review on your favorite podcast service. Share us around. You guys can follow us outside the show. You can follow me at Hyde Legion, the show at IndiePod and josh at the underscore george 90 all on twitter you can chat with us there we are going to start putting out a little bulletin for our random questions so possibly it doesn't end in a depressing fashion we'll make (laughs) sure we put that out uh, so you guys can do that and a little bit of extra housekeeping on the end here we are part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. There are a bunch of other awesome podcasts within this Um, make sure you check those guys out the HP podcast, they're really hitting homers, guys. This is a great podcast. You guys need to check them out. Jofus, Jofus, Joseph <laughs> Yaden's podcast. <laughs> hey, Jofus. <laughs> uh, Joseph Yaden's podcast, Active Quest, is also part of it. All sorts of awesome podcasts on there. They're cool, like, development podcasts that are within this network. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for those. Um, I'm really excited. 
to see what kind of promos play. Like, because I actually listen to our podcast and I get to listen to my <laughs> doofus. Like, I, I get to listen to all the dumb shit that I say. So I really enjoy it because sometimes I forget that I said things and it's pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I mean, we do ramble a bit. So that is a good point. Uh, that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.